And printed. Just all in all, it throws you for a loop the whole time around. I was like, I got to the end, I was like, of course it's Hitler. Of course it's Hitler. Is that the intro? <laughs> Cold <laughs> open. Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that says, let's put forward the Animal Friends. The Animal Friends must take control of this episode. I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Shelton. Jared, how you doing? I'm doing well. Stephen, what animal would you be if you could? Ooh. Or what animal do you most identify with? Um. Or if you've been a theater kid, I know you have, but for our listeners... What animal were you for? Did you think of when you were doing the stupid animal warm-up game that for some people, for some reason, people love? Oh, I remember having like a um, a class on anthropomorphization, which is just a dumb way of saying uh, be an animal, but also a human. Yeah, I think that that is the dumbest exercise in theater. It's legit. Like I, I get why you do it because it just expands your repertoire and like, you never know when you want to add qualities of an animal into a human. But yes, I don't think it's something you need to practice at that point. Just do viewpoints. You're just doing viewpoints with extra steps. You're, you're correct. You're absolutely correct. Anyway, uh, the most relatable to Steven, probably one of those like African antelope. That's like, Hmm. Hmm? It turns the head real fast and then runs away. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, I'm going to ask you and then I'm going to tell a really long story. So what, okay. what would you relate to? I am lanky and I watched a lot of Meerkat Manor growing up. <laughs> so I feel like it's always a Meerkat. That, that tracks. Okay. All right, Steven, story time. Story and time. I, I, listeners, I'm excited as you are to hear this because Steven would not tell me until we turned on a microphone. Story time. Uh, I'm, I'm going to walk you through... A hypothetical, but not hypothetical, scenario that happened the other day. And I want I want your opinion as we go here. Okay. So I'm, I get off the train. I am coming home from work. I get off the train. I have to walk about four blocks until I get from the train to home. In the span of those four blocks, I notice a man who is around this area all the time. He is uh, homeless. I, I don't... I'm unhoused. Sure there's, unhoused, yeah. There's a better way to say this. Uh... He's holding a sign, and I notice that there are, for the purpose of the story, I'm going to call them women. There are two women walking down the street. This unhoused person is holding the sign and follows them for about a block and a half. And I'm like, okay, that's, I don't like that. So then one of the two women breaks off and goes into work, leaving the one woman and her dog and the guy keeps following her down to the corner. So I'm like, okay, what would you do in this scenario, Jared? I mean, that requires a lot of body language that I yes, don't have. That's fair. Um, and she had no idea yeah. that anyone was following her. I would probably keep following from a decent distance. Okay. I, I put my Assassin's Creed circa <laughs> 2012 training into place and, you know, reasonable distance. Sure. I hit the corner where I was about to turn to go home, um, and I I had to make a split decision, like, do I just go home, or do I let this play out? And I say, you know what? I'm going to approach this person and say, hey, do you mind if I walk with you for a moment? 
because he is right there within hearing range. I didn't want to say anything to set him off. Well, guess what that did? That set him off. He yelled at the top of his lungs, Do you know this person? And I'm like, it, it caught me off guard. It clearly caught her off guard. She's like, what? No. And so then he starts screaming at the top of his lungs, She doesn't know you! She doesn't know you! And I'm like, okay, Jesus. Um, my whole goal was to, like, separate, and this is not going well. So she says, you know what, I'm out. I'm, I'm leaving. So she starts walking. I stay there. I try to, like, talk him down. I'm like, yeah, because you were following her. So you know what? We're done here. We're done. Your goal has been accomplished. My goal has been accomplished. I cross the street, I take a step to the left, and I realized my mistake as soon as I did it. Because as soon as I turn toward my home, he starts screaming down the street, he's following you. He's following you at the top of his lungs. Oh no. And I'm like, this man really threw down an Uno reverse card on you. He went from being creepy to white knighting in the span of two seconds. Which, to be fair, you went from white knighting to creeping in the span of two seconds by accident. I am... So, I was <laughs> so mad. Because I'm just like, I live here. I live down this street. He's just yelling back and forth at me. He's like, is that true? Is that true? And I'm like, I'm, I'm done here. I'm, I'm just... I'm leaving. What could I have done better in that scenario, Jared? Help me. Just watch instead of uh, like talk to her i guess like i'm not saying you did anything wrong but like sure. just wait for that guy to do something and then be like hey no no hi it's me i saw this from over here uh you should stop dude sure you didn't do anything wrong no but you also like how would you have anticipated that reaction no i didn't at all in fact so like because i work for a massive corporation we have to take a bunch of trainings every year and actually i think in illinois you have to take uh sexual harassment training every year mm -hmm. um no matter where you work and like, there's a bunch, they have a bunch of different methods in it um, of like, you can either confront the person directly, you can make a distraction, you can try to talk to that person. So you just chose one of them and it just happened to be the wrong one for this situation. Didn't work. <laughs> yeah, I definitely made eye contact with him again on my way home today and I'm like, you fucker. Wow. What is he? Well, I don't want to dox him. No, it's not. Well, I mean. Tell me off, Mike. Sure. I walk around here all the time, too, so I'm sure I I'm sure him. you know exactly who this person is. I'm, I think I do. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Ha! So that was very... I was very flustered, and I'm, I was just upset the rest of the day. I was worried when you got... In, when you started uh, with an unhoused person. Um, so at the end of my street is a Motel 6. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I've been like, who is this for? Like, there's, it's not... It's too far away from the college that's in this area for it to really be used for that. Plus, it's like not a well-maintained Motel 6. So, mm -hmm. like, college parents ain't staying there. No. I was just like, I, I've never really seen anybody go in and out. I was like, how does this stay open? And then, when I got back from vacation, suddenly it's bustling with people. Yep. And they've created, like, temporary walls in the parking lot. Do you know why? I do. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I Googled it last night because I was like, okay. At first I was like, maybe there's, like, an event going on or something like that. And then by like day three, I was like, okay. And I heard people speaking another language as I was passing. Ah. So it's a, it's a refugee is, housing center. Yeah. Which um, I guess is not uncommon in our neighborhood. It's not. And, um, I looked it up. It's specifically for families with young children because mm. a lot of the refugee resettlement, uh, asylum seeker centers don't have private bathrooms. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's for those families that have young kids that need that privacy. And that's really cool. And I was worried that you were going to say something like people harassing them or no. something like that. And I've only seen 
good responses on the street, which is a good thing. Yeah. But. Yeah. No. Just moral of the story. I tried to stop a creep, ended up being the creep, and I <laughs> never saw this person again, so I couldn't even explain the situation. So. Which is funny, because... Okay, so I have to be careful the way I move through the world, because uh-huh. I am, I have an intense energy, and I'm six foot one. Sure. And so, like, I, I actually made the comment on my family vacation recently that, like, uh, it was, like, one of the my youngest nieces and nephews, like, around the age of one, like, would not engage with me at all. And I was like, what I've learned from veterinary medicine that also applies to children is... Young children and animals, I have to earn their trust. Sure. Because of who I am. Yep. And I'm loud. But you are so soft looking. Like, you don't <laughs> look like you would ever be a threat. Unless you dressed like you were in a fraternity or something. Like, that's the only way I'd be like, wow, that guy right there, he's gonna, he's gonna do something to your drink. Mm. But like, on the street? Nah. Yeah. I was wearing a polo and uh, khaki pants, so. Alright, I'm on the other guy's side now. I'm sorry, <laughs> Steven. You're out. Can't do it. Cool. Speaking of things that we're out on, emails. If you want to email us, feel free to do so. Send us an email, survivortbt at gmail.com. You can message us on Reddit, use slash survivortbt, or X, I guess. I refuse. Wait, I haven't talked to Steve about this. We're deleting our Twitter. Don't talk to us on Twitter. Steven, delete our Twitter. Okay. All right, that's fine. Are we jumping to threads, or are we just... No, we're done. I'll get the Instagram finished. Okay, cool. Then find us on Instagram and... uh, most importantly, just message us. We're here and there. Whatever. I can't call them exes. I won't. <laughs> I got a message from my ex. Anyway, emails. Have a couple emails. I'm going to save our Rankapalooza emails for next episode so that we have something to talk about. But I'll just go through the ones that we have right now. Uh, from Josh, the contestants who are clearly drunk at Tribal are an elite crew. It's wild, man. I will actually give Burton a bit of credit. I do think stronger men should be throwing more pre-merged challenges when they are usually safe, rather than carrying often ungrateful tribe mates to the merge, aka Clarence and a ton more in modern seasons. As a general strategy, as much as the internet hates it, it is a benefit to the muscular men to stick together because otherwise they usually get picked off right at the beginning of the merge. How do you feel about that? I think throwing challenges is pretty stupid across the board. <laughs> I don't know. And and that's the other thing too, is like I guess if you if you're sure. Mm-hmm. If you're if you have the idea on your own or with one other person, maybe it can work. If your entire tribe <laughs> all thinks you should throw the challenge, you should not throw the Somebody challenge. Somebody is in trouble. Somebody is lying, or a lot of people are lying, and y'all should just try to win that challenge because yeah. you you have no guarantees it's not you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it. It's I, great. It, it it there's so much game upon game upon game. This that we season's can talk awesome, about. man. It's pretty great. One thing for next episode, which is not the last episode, one thing for next episode is that the reward challenge there was an unaired immunity off ugh, was an unaired immunity offer similar to Thailand. Andrew Savage loudly declared that anyone who mutinied onto Morgan would be the next voted out, and John tried to convince everyone to mutiny to Drake to start the merge early. No one ended up taking the offer, so it was cut for time. They don't do it. It's a stupid. I, I don't know. It's it clearly isn't working. It isn't working. You've had zero offers, even with people that knew they were on the bottoms of their tribe in Thailand. Could you imagine though, making that offer to the two 
Amazon tribes. That actually would have been interesting. It would have been interesting. That's the only time they should have tried it. I think people would have taken that offer. So yeah, lots of lots of interesting things to ponder about there. Also from Josh, happy one year anniversary. Thank you. I have no proof either way about the kidnapping, though I do agree with you. <laughs> I'm racking my brain. What was the kidnapping? Uh, Rupert. Kidnapping Rupert. Ah, yes, of course. Whether or not it's a conspiracy. So let's move on to email from Carl. Carl, his episode four email. Proud to be a part of the short skinny kid gang with you. <laughs> Thanks, Carl. Also, since Jared kind of did it, here are my top five characters from seasons one through six. No Pearl Island because I know too much. Fair. Marquesas, Sean. Yes. Rudy, Rob C. Yep. Kathy, and Zoe. Just kidding, not Zoe. Okay, I was like, what? Either Jerry or Sue I'd put in that last spot. Ooh, I'd put Jerry. Yeah, Jerry's a good one in there. Jerry's up there. I love it. I do agree that Pearl Island's intro is pretty generic. I do like the fiddles and the whale noises, but yeah, it doesn't stand out too much. They will start to get much more unique pretty soon, though. Cool. Hold Don't on to that. Uh, yeah, I'm with Jared in that I think cocaine, <laughs> the Cocaine Alliance thinks John is with them. Yes. <laughs> the Cocaine Alliance. <laughs> <laughs> However short-lived it is. I would posit the the pre-swap Marmu, Yellow Tribe of Marquesas, was almost, if not as bad as Morgan... Yes. They just didn't have as long before they swapped. Yeah. Like, we only had, what, like, three tribals? Maybe... F- I think it was three before they did a tribe swap, so he was working with a smaller data set. Yeah. The scene of Burton pointing at Rupert's ass just slays me. It's just so first grade. <laughs> and then provides pictures of Burton just pointing and laughing. <laughs> Multiple pictures. This is a grown man. Dead. Uh, and Drake just continuing to do the challenge as Morgan has to send out a crew to save Austin's life is surreal. It's, dude, it's wild. Like, after Tawana just sprinted past Darrow without the mask, I mean, one of the most inept challenge performances of all time. <laughs> love it. I love John calling it C-mail instead of tree-mail. Cute. I, I, put, I picked that up this episode, too. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say that. I also clocked John shaking his head at Sean throwing Tawana in the water at the immunity challenge. Sean knows that they're throwing the challenge, but he just can't let himself get beaten by a woman. And there's some interesting talk about it in this episode. There is. I I have, I think that was actually smart by Sean, and I think it part of it is just a different way they each approach the game. Johnny Fairplay wanted it to be obvious that they were throwing the challenge, and I think Sean didn't want it to be as obvious. Mm. Like, you gotta win a couple of the duels so it doesn't just look like you're walking out of the way for them to win. Mm. Like, I think if Tawana, if like you just stand there and let Tawana beat you... I almost wonder if Jeff, like, stops the challenge and is like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that didn't bother me. Uh, an interesting point. Apparently, multiple post-show interviews actually claimed that Rupert was the mean one on Drake, not Sean and Burton. I, I mean, he has a temper. He does have a temper. I wouldn't piss that man off. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to try to look into it, but it's intriguing. Yeah, cool. I feel like Burton could be a goat despite being strong. Matt was last season. It's true. Yeah. Good stuff there. And then another email from Carl. I totally emphasize with feeling like home is a nebulous concept. This is the episode five mm. email. I just like this. I just this month completed my first calendar year living in the same place since 2015, 2016. Congratulations. It's my last year of high school. Feels almost strange. I get that. Good, good for you. 
or not good for you, depending on how you feel about it. <laughs> I overall like Andrew as well, especially as a character, but that moment did stand out as being... Eh. Episode notes. Comment on the audience contemporary feelings. Before the season even started, it had been announced that All-Stars would be season 8. So people know that All-Stars is coming. Okay. So Pearl Islands was frankly seen as something they, they just had to get through before it was time for All-Stars. That's something I talked... I think it was off mic I talked to you about that, Stephen. Mm. Like, I, I, like, I wonder if there's a feeling of this just kind of being like, oh god, I just want to get to All-Stars for people at the time. Yeah. So that's, that's interesting that you bring that up. But at this point in the season, Rupert Mania has taken hold of yeah. the fan base. I can see that. Oh yeah! Oh yeah, brother! Rupert Mania, going wild. Fully taken hold of the fan base and they... Bought into this season because of him, and also because it's a good season, but mostly yeah. Rupert. I agree. I think this would be a good season without Rupert. I think it's a great season with Rupert. Yeah. Sean is so pathetic at the beginning of this episode. Is Morgan now the most physically attractive tribe of all time? Ooh. Those five people are all lookers. I, I think so, actually. They are all very, like, not stereotypical. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh... They're all conventionally attractive. Yes, that was the word you were looking for. Yes. Uh, yeah, I I agree. I think that's a that's a good one. I personally will vote for Jabaru, but that's sure. That's uh, that seems like an easy slam dunk. If we're if we're going like, yes, <laughs> yes, objectively attracted, not the one that you're most attracted to, Stephen. Fine, fine. I don't know what Chewy gone. Mmm, gross. <laughs> Okay. Uh, the peace signs are just... Are because the fingers make an F and a Y. Like, fair play. Okay. Get it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. This wasn't shown because no one took the offer, but Rupert uh, was asked if he wanted to take part on in Morgan's reward. Jeff also asked if anyone felt like doing a mutiny and swapping tribes. We talked about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Love that. John said, come on over, we'll have, plant, we'll have a party and get drunk, or some fair play shit. But Andrew said, anyone that comes over to our tribe will be voted out immediately. Yeah. Sean and Michelle were considering switching, but obviously stopped considering what he said. A huge what if to me, but interesting to hear what you guys think. Wow. That is stupid on Andrew's part. I agree. Huh. Like, let them come over and make a mistake. Yeah. Because you're Andrew, what do you have to lose? I know. What? If, if, if Sean and, and Michelle come over to you, you either, they either help you win challenges, or you lose and you vote them off anyway. You take the cannon fodder. Wow. <laughs> you, know this, you know what the tribe needs? Less jobbers. Yeah. Jo less people. Okay. Less people who are an easy slam dunk vote to get voted off. Oh, man. Yes. Also, love the scene with Rupert talking strategy with Michelle as she's puking her guts out. <laughs> That's a good one. It's a good one. And congrats for making it a whole year. I can't believe that we've already spent nearly a year listening to y'all. Discovered you. you around halfway through Borneo. Time flies. We appreciate you, Carl. Big, Thank you. Big ups to you. And I want to get through this one because it's we're covering our bases here. Tyler email. Tyler, Survivor Amazon was ranked number seven by EW's Dalton Ross, ninth on Survivor Oz in 2012, seventh in 2013, and eighth in the CBS Watch magazine for the Survivor 15th anniversary special. So a lot of rankings kind of all over the place. It, but a lot in the top ten in I the agree. first 20, 30 seasons. So, yep. yeah. Uh, the only one that I see on this list that is less than 10, 14th, out of 40 on the Purple Rock podcast. Okay. That's with more seasons, though, so. Yes. Out of 40. Yeah. yeah. 
Sorry to bring up bad memories, but something I want to mention about Thailand's rankings. <laughs> when I shared them, is that even though it was consistently ranked toward the bottom, no ranking had it dead last, so that's something to think about. Something worse is coming. Ooh, buddy. <laughs> okay. The only five people to know to not attend the 10-year anniversary party are Ryan, Dave, Christy, Heidi, and Butch. Wait. In the Amazon. Oh, 10-year for the Amazon specifically. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those, those are the five that, that didn't show. There were no shows. Okay. Interesting. Side note, the first three seasons are actually the only seasons that had less than half of its cast attend. So from now hmm. on, I'll be listing who didn't attend when I do, since it's just easier that way. Sure. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. As had been said, the perception of Jenna's win was very negative at the time, with the audience very much being on Matthew's side. And for Steven, it still is, apparently. <laughs> we have people who comment on that, so hold, hold the thought. I even read some fan forums from the time with people saying that she only won because she played the sympathy card with her mom's cancer. And that, I, I disagree with that. That's Bush League shit. Shut the fuck up with that. I can see how people would jump to that conclusion. I don't. But, well, she, I didn't even, she didn't even talk about it at Final mm-hmm. Tribal. Or I can see why the show makes it look a little bit like that. I don't know. I, I can't even think in the... Like, the only time I can think about her mom's cancer getting brought up was the letters from home. Yep. Which is a very natural time for that emotion to be welling up. Yep. And I think when they do the family visits where she gets like yeah. 10 minutes where, and she's like, I talked to my mom, my dad, my mom is doing well. My mom's okay. So I, I don't know. Yeah. That, that's a little gross. Yeah. And some people even speculating that the producers made them vote for Jenna to keep the male-female win pattern going. Hilarious. That is an unhinged conspiracy theory, considering that she won 7-2. Yeah. I love it. And commending Butch for supposedly being the one person to refuse to bow down and going along with it. Now, her perception of a winner has improved some with people giving her credit for being well-positioned for the majority of the game. And despite the positive edit... He got, uh, despite the positive edit she got, she actually did deserve to win over Matt. However, she's still generally towards the bottom of people's rankings, mainly for never really recovering her position after Alex was blindsided, especially for wanting to quit at the final five and for the fact that she had to win the last two immunities to get to the final two, which is kind of what we talked about in our rankings. Yeah, except I consider that a strength, not a weakness. Sure. Hey, we, we, our list is final. Yeah. It's not. We will absolutely go back and fix these later but not for a while uh yes people who value strategic and social maneuvering tend to penalize that when doing rankings people tend to view rob as the best player of the season and wish that he won i mean he well, was I mean, he was the best he player was of the, the best player oftentimes the i feel like oftentimes the best player of the season does not win yeah i mean richard or uh, sorry not obviously richard has was the best player yeah. in his season um australia i don't think we know who the best player was I think Tina probably was it, but they didn't. I don't think the ending of that season was very good. Nope. But like Lex is the best, is the best player of season three. Yeah. Sean's the best player of season four. <laughs> so yeah, that's all our emails. We have some more emails about the rank Palooza, which we'll talk about in the next episode. Great. Neat. It's a long intro. It's a long intro. Well, it's not too bad. Anyway, bumper. <laughs> Alright, so this episode came out on October 23rd of 2003. I only pulled one thing that happened between episodes, and I don't really know a lot about it, but it starts hard. Okay. Okay. In the Bolivian Gas War... Oh my god. President Gonzalo Sanchez de Lozada is forced to resign and leave Bolivia. Okay. 
So a coup in Brazil, I hope that's like petrol gas and not like mustard gas that they were fighting over. From what I know about Bolivia, that probably tracks. That probably tracks. Bet the CIA was involved. It also probably tracks. <laughs> uh, the number one song was still Baby Boy. Top five song or top five movies rather are School of Rock Love it. at number five, Mystic River at number four. We'll go back to number three because that's one we're gonna talk about. Okay. Number two, Kill Bill. Number one, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh wow. Kill Bill and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What a, a gore heavy top five. Wildly different tones. Yeah, yeah, fair. Number three is Runaway Jury. I don't know what that is. I didn't either, so I looked it up. After a workplace shooting in New Orleans, a trial against the gun manufacturer pits lawyer Wendell Rohr, played by Dustin Hoffman, against shady jury consultant Rankin Fitch, by Gene Hackman, who uses illegal means to stack the jury with people sympathetic to the defense. But when juror Nic- Nicholas Easter, John Cusack, and his girlfriend Marley, Rachel Weiss, reveal their ability to sway the jury into delivering any verdict they want, a high-stakes cat-and-mouse game begins. I don't know how two people can sway a jury into anything they want, but what do you think the, what do you think the reviews are, Stephen? So It's a star-studded cast. It's a star-studded cast. The plot makes me think that this is one that either people really liked, like this is Oscar-worthy, or it was absolute garbage. And I'm going to go with the garbage model. So I'm going to go with, like, a 54. For for both? For... Like, around there for both of them? Yeah, we'll say around there for both. Ah, you're losing your edge, Steven. Damn it. 73 for audience, or for critics and 75 for audiences. Damn. I know. Apparently it's an, an under-heralded classic from 2003. But like, okay. Courtroom drama, but courtroom drama where everything doesn't matter. With crazy circumstances that don't exist in real life. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. Maybe we have to watch this movie. Not for the show, oh, but... Oh, just for fun. Just for funsies. Maybe. Um, okay. Uh, wow. Okay. Anything else? Nope. That's all. All right. Then let us continue with the episode. Episode six, me and my snake. <laughs> me and my snake. Me and my snake. I was so ready to say that this episode title is fucking stupid because Balboa fucking dies <laughs> right at the beginning. <laughs> and then it's kind of genius. Um, tell me, tell me more. Tell me more. There's both snakes die. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's genius. It's it's very genius. It. It's maybe it's it's the most well conceived title I can think of that we've had. I there there might have been other ones, but mm-hmm. like that ties into the episode so well. Yeah. Like I said, later they just get to the point where it's just uh quotes from the show. Yeah. This is not from the show. No. Uh anyway, we open with Drake. We're 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 thinking Michelle left with a lot of class. I'm, I'm very happy about that. They didn't see her uh, post-show <laughs> exit. <laughs> uh, Rupert's, Rupert's upset. My first tribal council sucked. He's very drunk. He apologizes about his answers and goes off on a moment where he's like, you know what? I don't feel good about that. It should have been Sean. should have been Sean. Sean is going to have an interesting rest of the show, I feel. Ooh. Because I not. also was like, it should have been Sean. It should have been Sean. I mean, you're right. I'm kind of glad now it wasn't Sean. <laughs> and then we wake up and we realize Balboa the snake is dead. You kept him in a bag. Yeah, that was a bad move. I mean, snakes often 
stay in a bag. Yeah, but they're cold-blooded. You just put them in a bag and left them out in the... Therein lies the problem. Beach. Yeah. Yes. If you're going to put them in a bag, put them in a bag and then also, like... Cuddle l- him. Yeah. Let him have your body heat. Sad. It was very sad. Uh, yeah. Rupert's super upset. He apologizes to the snake. He's he's such a, a man of nature. He, he at one point, he's like, they want to use it for bait, so I'm going to go bury it. Yeah. <laughs> So he, he takes the boat all the way to Thailand and buries it in Jan's pet <laughs> cemetery. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Yay. Uh, and then Sean goes off and is like, man, he's just so, this is too much. He gets attached to silly little things, things like that snake. Let him have it. I, okay. What I don't remember what you said about Jan. This is kind of like Jan. No, it's different. Okay. And I actually was like, oh, Jan, that's kind of cute. But Jan, and like, I, I liked how much reverence Jan gave for it. Yeah. But Jan made it a big deal and made it so that everyone had to observe this bat fetus and say <laughs> prayers. And Rupert made a friend, accidentally murdered that friend, and then was sad about it and buried him. It's not like he was like, everyone has to come join in the funeral with me or all of this. He's like, no, this is my thing and I'm doing my thing and it makes me sad. All right. I like that answer. Yeah. All right. Moving on. And Morgan, we have more animals. <laughs> Morgan and the Pelican. Morgan and the Pelican. Uh, really, Rhino and the Pelican. That's, uh, and Austin and the Pelican. Austin fucking hates that Pelican. I didn't realize. Would you be cool with the Pelican walking into your camp? With how that Pelican was statured, I was like willing to see where it played out. It was like... First, so something I thought of is that they have soap, so yeah. they can pet the pelican yeah. or touch the pelican and like wash afterwards. Uh-huh. That's pretty huge. It looks fucking domesticated. It does almost like they're they're petting it. Rhino is like up and having a good time with it. We'll call him Pelican Pete. I love it. Sure. Yeah. Austin's super pissed the entire time. He's like, keep that damn thing away from me. Austin hates Survivor. Hates fun. He came on the show that's about, like, surviving in nature and hard-fought competition and being uncomfortable. And he hates nature losing and being uncomfortable. I agree. <laughs> it's, it's, it, the, he should be on Big Brother or he should be on, like, a, a... Something else. Who wants to be a millionaire? Something that is not Survivor. I, yeah. And so, the preview for next episode, they say he's, like, given up again. Like, Andrew's <laughs> like, he's, he's checked out again. It, there's there's so much good going on here. It's so good. And I love it. Like, the the pelican gets up into the shelter and, like, tries to get up. And Austin's, like, threatening to kill this pelican. Yeah. And everyone's like, just fucking leave it alone. Like, we'll, it'll go away. Just leave it alone. And he's like, no, I'm going to kill it. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to chop its head off. It's doing nothing to you. He's sharpening the machete right next to the pelican. And everyone's like, okay, dude. He's like, this got matched to the final two. You're going too far. <laughs> <laughs> this is my goal right here. I will kill it. Anyway. Yeah. Austin, next animal that bites me dies. Be fair, I guess. Sure. I don't think the pelican was going to bite you, my guy. No. I don't even know if pelicans have teeth. I don't either. And I'm not going to look it up. Nope. Nope. Cool. Uh, at Drake, Rupert wants to elevate the shelter to avoid bites at night. There's something I noticed in this episode. hmm Drake has a much worse bug problem than Morgan. Yes. That's unfortunate. <laughs> what possibly could have tipped you off to that, Jared? Uh, maybe all of the bug bites all over their body yeah. and Krista's face. 
I wonder if that's just the islands that they were given or if it's the fact that they had so much extra stuff so there's like like leftover food for the bugs I don't know I don't know either some combination of the two either way I was like it's very obvious post-merge which beach you go to and now I'm like you go to the fucking Morgan beach like I thought it was Drake I'm like no no take your shit go to Morgan get away from those fucking bugs <laughs> yeah it's it's very interesting so Rupert's like alright we're elevating the shelter Sean's coming up with every excuse to like not participate in yeah. this and it, it builds and it builds to the point where Johnny Fairplay is just super pissed and blows up at him who hasn't Johnny Fairplay blown up at so this is Johnny Fairplay is what people want like what I'm calling call tabloid reality TV to be yes where it's like oh cool like inserting drama and fights over nothing and that's he's gonna do that mm-hmm. at all times always Johnny Fairplay is the one here where I'm like, yeah, you're kind of speaking what everybody else is saying. I don't. He doesn't have tact here. No, though there is something I realized about Johnny Fairplay this episode, and I don't know. I feel like I've underappreciated. Johnny Fairplay is a fucking idiot. Let that be known. Okay, that has not been underappreciated. Okay, he's a fucking moron. He's a show off. He's a chauvinist. He's an asshole. He did come to win Survivor. He did. We have not seen. Someone that is this awful that came to win Survivor, and that is interesting. I'm, th- I'm throwing, I'm throwing the, the peace signs. I know, right I'm now. trying hard to sandbag it. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, it's there is something that's interesting about that okay. because there's like sure, like you have like Boston Rob, like Boston Rob's kind of shitty, but like Boston Rob is strategic and and at least he makes mistakes, but he's not actively shooting himself in the foot like Johnny Fairplay does at any given opportunity. Sure. But, like, the shittier members of tribes and the ones that are more, like, loudmouth assholes, we haven't seen them come in with strategy before. Mm-hmm. I do want to say he, he's very much like a chaotic, evil Rob Sestranino. Yes. And I, like, I think the strategy mind is there. He's he's very, you say he's an idiot. I think he's smart. I think he, I think he has strategy. I think that he thinks too highly of himself and too little of everyone else. Okay. And I think that is a massive fucking weak spot. <laughs> oh, Jared. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to move on. Anyway, the, my favorite part of this whole thing was the, just walk away. I will. He has to have the last word. Yeah. Every time. Both of them do. Both Sean and Johnny Fairplay do. Correct. I know billions of men who are exactly like this. What are you talking about? All three of them. What? Three billion. <laughs> It's everything. Huh? <laughs> I was just going to keep saying things. I'm, I'm aware. Yeah. I, I, okay. I knew what you were doing. I just then ran out of things to continue out of the last <laughs> word because we weren't arguing. Yeah, we were. We weren't. <laughs> okay, we need to move past this bit. <laughs> anyway, Sandra is like, I'm glad John put him in his place. He has to realize he's not everyone's buddy here. He's a, he's a fucking idiot. He has to win or he's going home. Yeah. And then proceeds not to go home after they don't win. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that. I'm realizing that every single vote that Drake has taken, maybe this is just credit to the editors, mm-hmm. has made their tribe stronger. Ooh. Every person they've gotten rid of has been a net positive for Drake. I mean, that's the goal in the tribe phase, right? But that's not always what happens. It's not always what happens, and for good reason. Right. But that's usually the goal. I mean, even thinking back to last season, like, you get rid of Joanna, the mental health of everyone goes way up. But... The work done around camp is much lower. Mm-hmm. I can't think of what benefit 
like, I mean, we also, she was kind of buried, but what benefit Trish was bringing to the tribe or Michelle was bringing to the tribe? I guess Burton kind of, but eh. Okay. I want to, I want to hold opinion on Trish because I feel like we're going to have a little bit of a conversation there. Okay. So we get to the reward challenge. It's our first food reward challenge. And Drake's here like, yeah, food, but like, they're fine. They don't need it. They are playing for a grill, utensils. They already have a grill. I'm aware. (laughs) Spices, lobsters, which is very strange to see out just like in Survivor. It is. It's just a non-cooked lobster. It's it's weird because it's seafood, but it's not seafood of that area. Yeah. So it's like you kind of forget where you are because it's like so close to being right, but it's like 10% wrong. We took a a helicopter. We flew up from from Boston. And we gave you one piece of pizza. One piece of pizza and also (laughs) threw a lobster in there. Okay, Boston Rob, calm down. Yeah, nah. Yeah, so anyway, they're playing for that. And they're playing for steaks. All of these, they cook at their own camp. So you could almost say that the stakes were raised. There it is. There it is. Anyway. What's that? I just heard our entire audience boo me all at once. (laughs) It's like an entire planet booed all at once before being snuffed out. Oh, if only I had that power. Nope. Oh, no. (laughs) Anyway, they're firing a cannon. They are firing at five targets. Where's Pan- Where's OSHA in Panama? <laughs> How did this... Okay, so I want to talk about the cannons. Yes. I don't think those were real cannons. I had the sneaking suspicion that you were correct. Because they don't put gunpowder in them between shots. I think they did. I think they had a, a firearms expert fill it with gunpowder and then... Then that is insane. I agree. Because people are standing in front of it while they're loading it. I agree. And, again, all it takes is one person, like, not having set that correctly. One And firearms experts make mistakes, too. Mm-hmm. If I feel like if there was a firearms expert on site, mm-hmm. they would have told them not to stand in front of the Directly fucking cannon yeah. when they're putting the cannonball in there. Yep. And, I don't know, man. I was so... <laughs> As someone who has dabbled in the world of stunts and stage combat and firearms, I'm taking a firearms training class actually this month, I'm, my sphincter was tight. I, I agree. I was so nervous. It was a very dangerous way to do it, and I hope they were not real because, I mean, like you said, they something wasn't right. Yeah, and the fact that it was just like, put the fire on top of the cannon and it will fire yeah. was kind of weird. I don't know. It was... It was it was off in some way. I don't know how to explain it. So, like, it could have been just, like, a giant slingshot in a cannon, and we would have no idea. Yeah, or, like, it could be an electrical firing pin that, like, somebody's standing off to the side. Like, once they put the fire down, they hit the fire button. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Something wasn't right. And I would like... If anyone has information on that, please send it in, because I would like to know. It's... That's such a niche, like, fucking two Venn diagrams overlapping <laughs> is, like survivor people that will go back to season seven and watch these episodes and firearms experts. Yeah. Yeah. I think that Venn diagram is me. Yeah. We're not expert, but fire people who know firearms. Sure. Okay. Anyway, they're playing the game. There are five targets. All you got to do is hit five targets. The targets are made out of wood and the cannonball is very small. Yes. And the targets are very far away. Yes. I'm not that far away. I couldn't tell most of these that they hit. Yeah. 
What they needed was the targets from Top Shot that we watched, where it hits it and they light on fire. <laughs> yes. But also, you could achieve the same effect with just using ceramic tiles. We've used ceramic tiles before. You're right. Where you, where you get a chunk of it, and then, boom, it cracks, and you, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah, wait, you're right. <laughs> so I don't know why they chose to use wood for this, because it clearly doesn't show very well. No. The only explanation I have is that maybe when using the cannon, like, the shock from the cannon broke the tiles. Maybe. Or maybe they just wanted to show that it was an actual cannonball so that it left that hole. Because, like, that was going to fucking shatter a a porcelain tile. Yes. And you wouldn't be able to tell. I mean, sure. I think it would have looked better. Question. Answer. And I know we I know I get hung up on the safety side. <laughs> I'm fascinated by the logistics of crap like this. How do you think they had people out in the ocean that were like not people, but like boats that were like, you cannot come into this bay right now. We are because some of those cannon shots go really far past the targets. They do. Can you imagine if a boat had been like coming on into, into this area? I mean it's pretty isolated, but it's pretty isolated, and the fact that they had cameras, like, facing down... Yeah, there, you're right. They would see them coming from a ways off. Yeah. I hope. I really hope. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, just running down this challenge real quick. Uh, Johnny and Andrew missed the first shot. Rhino barely connects with one. Sandra also hits. Drake hits again, so it's 2-1 to one Drake. Austin hits. Rupert hits. 3-2. Dara hits. Sean misses. 3-3. Three, three. Andrew misses. Krista hits 4-3. Andrew's visibly upset at this miss. Yeah. He wanted this so bad. And they needed it. Yeah. They needed it. And four is all they needed, right? No, they needed five. Oh. Maybe it was four. I think it was four. Yeah, it was four targets. So, did you catch... And the only reason I, I'm very, I'm pretty confident in this is I was watching this with a friend. Mm-hmm. And Jeff says, okay, Krista, you'll go first. And then Andrew walks up and shoots his cannon. And I was like, oh, I must have just heard it wrong. And then my friend goes, wait, I guess fuck Krista then. She was supposed to go first. And we hadn't said anything out loud about it. So either we both misheard it independently or Andrew just went, nah, I'm going to go in front of you. Fuck that. I swear in my brain, I remember him saying, Andrew, you will go first. And no matter what happens, Krista will also shoot. See, I heard it the other way around. Oh. Well, we're going to we're going to go back and look after this yeah. cuz now I'm curious. It doesn't matter. I just the only reason I even brought it up is cuz it was like my friend noticed it, so I was like, "Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So yeah, we had surf and turf party right off the fork at the Drake tribe. Uh morale was pretty low, so Oh, sorry. This is Johnny's uh pillaging moment. Oh, Johnny Fairplay goes over to the Morgan tribe. The morale is pretty low. So I plan on taking it and jumping up and down on it. So one of my favorite podcasts, and shout out uh, Lions Led by Donkeys, talks, it's a, it's a military history podcast mm-hmm. uh, by like very far leftist people. And they talk about the unifying theory of fuck that guy. <laughs> Johnny, you walked over there and gave them the unifying theory of fuck that guy. You are the fuck that guy. You lost your team immunity. You're the guy. So, there's some interesting talk here. Uh-huh. For, first, right off the bat, like, for the most part, everyone was really civil when going over to Morgan to steal something, and they're like, yeah, give him hugs, give him hugs, this is what we're gonna do, sorry guys. 
Johnny's just like up and playing it up. He's like, I'm, I'm taking this. Sorry, guys. Hey, he does the finger guns, walks away. He doesn't actually, but it... Ask him for soap so he can go take, he can go Hilarious. bathe in the ocean. I thought that was really funny. Like, just the whole dynamic of, yeah, go ahead. Fuck this guy. Is <laughs> just wild to me. They didn't have to let him do that. And they know, it has to be because they're getting closer to the merge, right? Sure. Because Sandra, they were like sharpening knives and ready to stab Sandra. But mm-hmm. Johnny, like, oh yeah, borrow our soap. That's cool. Or maybe it has to do with Rupert being there previously. Andrew having that dynamic. Maybe it's more of like a, oh cool, we're like more friendly now. I want to point out one thing that Andrew, when addressing Johnny, always refers to him as Big, Big Johnny. Big Johnny and then to us he's Little Johnny. Correct. And I thought that was so fascinating. Just the the mental gymnastics he does in that. To like, so good. Hey, Big John, how you doing? Big John. He's like, God, I fucking hate Little John. Fucking Little this Johnny ass. I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. It's so this good. So it's good. so good. And then Johnny Fairplay admits to, that they threw the challenge and they don't believe him. That blows my mind. They're like doing mental gymnastics to somehow say, no, we earned that. Now, mind you, mm-hmm. this challenge was days ago. Uh-huh. They don't do a podcast on their episodes. Sure. And they are now being told that they that the way they perceived it is wrong and they can't go back and check the tape. Correct. So, like, we are like, oh, no, it's very obvious Johnny moved them out of the way. But to them, <laughs> they probably don't remember that exact move. They mm-hmm. were playing the game. Yeah. So they don't, they weren't paying attention to the other people's, like, intentions behind their moves. They weren't paying attention to their moves. Yeah. So I can totally understand why they didn't believe him. It was also their first win, so the the elation of we did it, finally. And I also wouldn't believe Johnny Fairplay. He seems like a terrible fucking sport. Sure. If Rupert told me they threw the challenge, I actually, you know what? If anybody on Drake told me, if I was on Morgan, anybody else on Drake was like, yeah, we threw that challenge. I'd be like, okay. If sense. Johnny said it, I'd be like, no, you fucking did You liar. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder if that's going to be a power of Johnny's, mm. is that nobody takes him seriously. Mm. Interesting. Johnny Fairplay hasn't been up on the chopping block. That's true. That is true. What's funny to me is that Rupert calls Trish a snake. Trish is not the snake. Yeah. I mean... Trish is also not the only one who voted for Rupert, so... Correct, and we see that in the next time on. Correct. That Rupert has murderous intent about it. Correct. So anyway, immunity challenge. We get to immunity, and Jeff's like, the fuck, Krista? What happened to you? She has bug bites all over her face, all over her body, and... Well, she doesn't know that they're bug bites, but they're probably bug bites. I think she has a pretty sneaking suspicion, considering yeah. other people have them all over their body, yeah. and they match. I also would play the mental gymnastics of, was this the lobster? Have I ever had lobster before? <laughs> Am I gonna die? Oh, Stephen, have you ever been allergic to any food? Uh, no. Then I can tell you, as somebody who has broken out in full body highs from food before, you know. Okay. There's no ambiguity. You might not know what gave it to you, but you you can tell the difference between <laughs> bug bites and uh, in a food allergy. I there's one like leafy green that makes my tongue a little fuzzy, but other than that, no. Nah. Mm. I am relatively allergen free. I mean, you 
You don't. You might not like it, but this is the pinnacle of masculinity. <laughs> Here I am. I did it. <laughs> yes. You're welcome, world. You're welcome, that person I met on the sidewalk. Oh <laughs> uh, boy. Okay. Anyway, it's this challenge is a strength-based challenge. Hey, what if we took Andrew and gave him the power of spite? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what happened here. Yeah, it sure is. So three people from each tribe are holding what is essentially a, a barbell. And yeah. other people... <laughs> they learned from season two and made it strong. Yeah. Remember when... Uh, I shouldn't say barbell, a weightlifting bar. Yeah. Remember when Scoopins broke on his shoulders in yeah. season two? They this, were like, what if we made it stronger this, this time? This is clearly stronger. Anyway, the other two tribe mates who are playing are going to distribute weight... Every, what, five minutes? Every few minutes? It seems to be kind of whatever Jeff says, so... It's true. And they're doing it in increments of 20 pounds. Yeah. So you put 20 pounds on, and you just go until you can 10 can't. pounds on each side. Yeah. One, the other tribe gets to decide who the weight's going on, and mm-hmm. then their own tribe gets to put it on there. And you go till you can't go no more. And this challenge had some really interesting results. It sure did. Sean is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's a bitch. Sean drops at 140, and he is not the original target. Rupert is the original target, and they go from, like, 0 to 200 very, very quickly. Oh, they don't put any weight on Krista or 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 Sean's bar until Rupert is out, which I don't think is the good strategy. I think the right strategy is is what Drake did. They just didn't factor in Sean being a little bitch. (laughs) Uh, and like putting a little bit of weight on your second target so that they can get more tired. Correct. Yeah, because you don't want them just sitting there fully rested. Mm-hmm. So I think Morgan gets away with a mistake there. Yeah, and as we saw the, in this challenge, the third target did far better than expected. Krista did great. Krista does better than Sean. Yeah. Which is amazing. But Austin actually goes out first. Like, he doesn't get all the way up to how much Rupert He held. gets a lot, though. He gets a lot, and he held out as long as he needed to. Although, did you catch, in Tribal, Jeff says that Krista lasted longer than Austin with the same weight. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Krista's beasting up here. I love Krista. She's Krista, awesome. Krista's great. But the real MVP of this challenge was Andrew and his spite, because yes. he dominates this challenge. He cries immediately afterward. Local man too angry to fall. <laughs> he just, like, takes all this weight and says, no, I am not going home today. In a suit jacket. In a suit jacket. Dude, good for you. We could go find that man if he still lives in Chicago. Harper already has. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Harper is on this. Harper has his number. Oh, boy. So... I wrote down at this point something that aged like milk immediately. Sure. I said that Drake losing might have benefited them because I see Sean jumping ship. Ooh. So at this point in the episode, I was like, if you go in, if the merge was this episode, Mm -hmm. I could see Sean jumping over to Morgan and then they have the numbers and they can win. Mm -hmm. And I was like, cool. So you get rid of Sean and then you have a locked in five versus a locked in five. None of that happens. None of that happens. So, what's interesting here is you, we have we established the easy target beforehand. We get back and we're like, it's the easy target, right? Sean's pissed. I should have stayed up there longer. I want him off my island, says Rupert. I want him out of my adventure. Get rid of him. He's gone. Well, about that. Do you? Trish, 
Trish speaks up and Trish is like, hey, you know what? Rupert's got too much power here. She's not wrong. She's not wrong. So, But if you come for the king, you, you best not you fucking best miss. best not miss. So here's, and you put your fate in Johnny fucking Fairplay and Sean's hands when all you had to do was shut the fuck up. See, here's my thing with this whole shenanigans is we lay it out. We say, these are the people we need to get. And then we say, don't tell Krista. And then what do they do? They tell Krista. And who, who tells Krista? I don't remember exactly. I just wrote down that they tell Krista. And that's a bad they, move. It was Sandra. It was Sandra? They made the mistake by getting Sandra. By okay. letting Sandra know this. This, But then again, they have to. And this is this mm-hmm. is bad math by Trish and Johnny. Because you don't want to go to 3-3. Mm-hmm. You don't know how that's going to play out. Do you, did you really think Sandra was on your side? And Sandra's smart. Sandra doesn't say shit until they leave. She just goes, yeah, I, I can see that. And like... Says very non-committal things. Yeah. Overall, like, if you're going to go for him, this seems like a bad math time to do it. It is. I, I, listen, you don't want a Brian situation where Mm -hmm. nobody's going to go for the top dog. Yeah. Although I'd love to see Rupert win. (laughs) Rupert will not win. This is not the time. You. This is not the time. No. And you have to know when to shoot your shot. And it just, why do people keep relying on Johnny Fairplay? (sighs) Hey, he's not the one who screwed this up, weirdly. Yeah. Johnny was in and he committed and he is clearly going to be in trouble because of it next episode. He sure is. So, yeah. They they tell Krista. Krista immediately reports to Sean. Uh, Rupert pull, or not to Sean, to, to Rupert. Rupert. yeah. And Rupert pulls in Sean and he's like, all right. I guess I guess we're buds now. You Unifying and me. Unifying theory of fuck that guy. Unifying theory of fuck that guy. Fuck that Trish. And Johnny kind of explains that, like, hey, there's no way that anyone can go against Rupert in the final two. We're already thinking final two. I, I do agree. Uh-huh. I think they're ahead of themselves. I understand I understand the math that got them there. Mm-hmm. But your variables are wrong. You're thinking, you are way, you put the cart way before the fucking horse. You don't even know there's a merge next episode. It's true. They seem to think there's going to be. They don't know. They don't know. And hey, guess what? When it came... These have been strength-based challenges, and you got rid of Burton because you guys were cocky that you were going to win, and that I don't think that was a bad move. Yeah. But then you have Krista, who did amazing, <laughs> up on a strength-based challenge, and you get rid of Rupert, and who steps in for that? Johnny Fairplay? Sandra? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. There's a lot. Like, there's so much going on here, and it's so interesting. And I'm like, wow. We wouldn't get this in season one. No! We wouldn't get this kind of talk. Anyway, Johnny does feel close to Sean. He thinks that Sean is, like, with him 100%. Because he told him who was going home. Yeah. Although he seems to forget the fact that he already stabbed him in the back. Oopsie doodles. Whoops. Oh, no. It's not the consequences of your own actions, Johnny. (laughs) Yeah. So we get to Tribal, and Sandra, right off the bat, is like, I I thought there was no way we could have lost today. We have the horse in Rupert. We have Krista punching above her weight class. And we have this fucking thing <laughs> referring to Sean. <laughs> yep. Yep. And Jeff, like, he's, he's going around, he's doing his questions, and then he goes to Rupert. Rupert, you look really sad right now. Well, Rupert's, like, on the verge of tears. Yeah. 
was like, I'm about to cry. I do think Rupert's fatal flaw is that he takes this game too personally. Yeah. Yeah. We shouldn't be here. I, I'm sad that the way our tribe has gone. This is an interesting way to put it. I'm sad the way our tribe has gone. In that, like, we were, we were so promising, but our, our tribe has lost their way. Yes. Shouldn't have thrown a challenge. Yes. Throwing challenges is fucking stupid. At, on a tribe level. Individual, if you feel the need, if you think it will help you, whatever. But as a tribe, fucking stupid. And, yeah, he wants it. Rupert is so tribal. He wants mm. to go in as a unified front. And now he knows that there's that there are people in the tribe that are out to get him. And he might go home tonight. Yep. He, he goes on to say, my tribe sees me as unneeded. At least half of my tribe wants me gone. It's a really good speech. It is a good speech. Talks about, like, it doesn't matter that you're catching 10 pounds of fish a day. It doesn't matter that you've been there for them. Yeah. They'll stab you in the back. It says something about a snake. Anyway. Uh, Call, yeah, calls, calls Trisha snake, basically. And Sandra goes on to say, the person going home today is the person that least expects it. Which, okay, so Johnny, Johnny looks like he knows that Rupert knows. I mean, Yes. Absolutely. Trish doesn't look like she knows that Rupert knows. And she, I actually wrote this down, she, like, Jeff kind of goes to her and is like, hey, what do you think about all this? And she's like, I'm surprised he feels that way. I don't know why he would ever feel that oh, way. Oh, no. You, how terrible. Trish, stop. They know. Stop <laughs> pretending that they don't. Obviously, somebody lied. And Johnny, you know that they, you know that Rupert knows. Mm-hmm. What? Jump ship. Jump ship. Mm-hmm. Because if they if he knows and everyone is talking about how it's going to be somebody that you don't expect and you haven't talked to Sean, you should probably... This is a this is a bad, bad fucking move on Johnny Fairplay's he part. He thinks it's inevitable, though. He thinks that, like, doesn't, he, doesn't I, matter. I don't know about that because in Tribal, he looks so defeated. And when Trish goes home, he doesn't look surprised. Mm. So it, it almost feels like Johnny knew and was just kind of like... He's like, okay, I'm going to stay strong so that I'm, like, stay in my lane to hope that they're just telling Rupert what he wants to hear. I don't know, man. I think I'd jump ship. Yeah. I think I'd, I think I'd pull the trigger and, like, vote for Sean and be like, oh, you guys know what was going on. Well, he didn't. He did not. And they show almost every single vote in this scenario. Except for Sean's. Except for Sean's. And interesting what Sean says. He says, it's my game now. Yeah. Because if you're Sean... You just, you went from the bottom, uh-huh. from being the obvious vote, mm-hmm. the moment that they get an opportunity, which should have been this episode, and now you've replaced Johnny Fairplay in the alliance that he chose over yours. Yeah. Brilliant. That's smart. I didn't think I'd give Sean many compliments this season. <laughs> here we are. But here we are. Yeah. And tr- poor Trish. I mean, I, I will say, I do respect making a move. Yep. Your timing is bad. I agree. Also, you, I don't even think it was her idea. I think it was Johnny's. So crazy to me. Yeah, J- Johnny and Trish definitely had a back and forth. I want to say the idea was Trish's, though. Yeah, okay. Either, but like, I don't know. It feels like Johnny is more... Johnny's the Eggamon person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like Johnny probably should have been the one going home. Yeah. But I get it to a certain extent, especially if Rupert didn't have a relationship with her and Sandra didn't have a relationship with her and whatever. But... It could have gone very differently for Trish. Yeah. We could have gotten a lot more of Trish this season, and I do appreciate somebody that will swing for the fences. 
even if it was a bad time to do it. <laughs> so Trish is voted out in a four to two vote, and Trish does not come back. Yeah, surprising. We didn't see much of her this season at all. Yeah, uh, Trish does attend the ten year anniversary party as we okay. said before. Trish works as a real estate agent. I found Trish's LinkedIn page. Wow. Yeah. Specializing in luxury luxury listings and sales at Annapolis Fine Homes slash... Yeah. In Annapolis. She's in Maryland. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but yes, if you want to go buy like a fancy-ass house, go find Trish. I'm a millennial. <laughs> you can't afford shit. No. <laughs> That's the millennial way. Hey, uh, yes. Oh, she actually worked for a company that I know very... Oh, she works for a company that I know very well. What's the company? Well, I'm not going to say it out loud. It's on her public LinkedIn page. That's fair. It's Bay, Bay Capital Mortgage. Oh, okay. Anyway. Um, yeah. So how do you think Trish does in Future Survivor? I honestly think that she could do kind of well. Mm-hmm. It's We didn't get a lot of her, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of reading between the lines. Mm-hmm. But she shot her shot. It didn't work. It but didn't like, work. I think of who's still in the game and like would I if I was creating an ideal survivor tribe or mm-hmm. an ideal survivor season or whatever, would I rather have her or Dara? It's fair. Would I rather have her? Hey, Trish didn't go out a chump. I will give exactly. Trish that. Yeah. And if she has the downside for TV of being on a tribe with so many big personalities. Yeah. Sandra, Rupert, Johnny Fairplay, and even the idiocy of Sean all sort of take up all the oxygen in the room. So we didn't really get to see much of her. But I actually think she could be kind of a sleeper. Like, I, she she knew that she wanted the game in her hands. Mm -hmm. She thought she knew how to do it. (laughs) And I can respect that. So I I, I think she's she's the kind of person that, like, I think this is around her floor, um, is sort of like a pre-merge, maybe a little bit. I mean, she could, I guess, get voted off earlier if she's on a very strong physical tribe. She doesn't really seem to be good at the challenges, that we didn't really see many non-physical challenges this season so far. Yeah. And when there are puzzles, they haven't been the point of focus, so it's hard to tell if she's doing a good job at them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could absolutely see her making, like, a final five, final five, final four, and if something went went well for her, who knows? Yeah. She could be, like, a um, an Aaliyah or, you know, some somebody that makes the, kind of gets in the right group. And that's not a fair comparison, because Nalia was much more passive I don't know if we've had a great comparison to her so far, to Trish. Not really. We haven't really had the female scheme-er. We have, but only when they are... They either get buried, and they win. Like Tina Uh, Versepia. Or, like, the Jerry's and Sue's of the world that are super dramatic. Yeah. The, like, underground making making moves. Yeah. Like, afraid to speak out in tribal. Sure. I mean, yeah, her tribal is terrible. <laughs> Obviously, everyone knows. Yeah. It's so fucking obvious. Yeah. Uh, your protagonist of the episode. It's so weird to say this. Okay. And I'm, I'm going to say it's a 1A, 1B, um, okay. because it's Sean's episode. Mm, yeah. Sean's the question in camp, and then Sean becomes the swing vote. Mm-hmm. Although not really, because it's a 4-2 or a 3-3. I'm going to say the 1B on that is Andrew. Because he has a really strong B plot of getting his tribe together and then the fucking, and then the spite, the spite challenge. Yeah. Because that changes everything. Okay. And it's such, it is such a dominant performance that I feel like it needs a shout out. Sure. 
And then one final thing before we go, we uh, we mentioned the the post show whatever's going on. You you and I talked about the next one's a, a double episode. Right. Yes. What what do you think's going on here? What do I think the next episode's gonna be? Yeah. What? Why is it a double episode? I have no fucking clue. Yay! Dude, I got nothing. Cool. They could send them to another country. I have no idea. That would be fucking wild. That'd be a whole new location. We just pack up. All right, sorry guys, we're going to Canada now. Yeah. Hey yo. <laughs> well, I guess it'd be. Hey yo all right, well, that was fun. Yeah, no, I, I have I have absolutely zero idea. I mean, I'm assuming it has something to do with swaps or merge or something, just because mm-hmm. that's about the point in the season we are, and that's a pretty big deal. Sure. I, actually, after saying that, I have a guess. Ooh, go on. I think they make a third tribe. Ooh, so they're going to, like, split all of them up? Redistribute them into three tribes instead of two. Neat. Do the anti-merge. Surprise, baby, <laughs> you're getting three. Ooh, that would be wild. It would be wild. They're even, so it'd be what ten. Well, that'd be you'd have one tribe of four and two tribes of three, but cause there's mm-hmm. ten people left. Sure. Or you just have one person that's a, a loser outcast. I do know that of Exile Island's existence. Sure. So you'd just be doing Exile Island early. You could, yeah. I don't know anything about it or how you end up there or anything else, but I do remember from my childhood the existence of Exile Island. I mean, it is the like title of a season, so right. yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Okay. Cool. Then let's, uh, I'm excited to watch that. I kind of want to watch it with you. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for your emails about the Rankapalooza. We'll talk about those later. I'm super excited for it. Uh, so many, so many opinions on the things that we said, both praising us and tearing us down. And that's what we do it for, baby. I'm so fascinated as to what those are going to be. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like, okay, I'm going to throw out a couple predictions for that, which is weird to predict people's reactions to a, (laughs) whatever. To our, our show. I think the, I think the immunity idols list will be pretty non-controversial. Okay. I feel like that's a pretty, pretty easy list to make, to be perfectly honest. First boots will probably have some discussion, but not a lot of controversy. I expect win- I expect controversy with the winners, uh, maybe a little bit with the tribal council sets. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Needs anything you'd like to promote? Uh, I read a play on vacation. Uh, I don't know. It was in a book, uh, and the book had two plays, and like, just talking about like a person's method or whatever. Um, but the play really stuck with me. It's called When You Cure Me. It's about, it takes place in 2005, which is around when it was written, um, of a, uh, of some high school students mostly, although one character is the mom of one of the students. Mm. Um, and she is, uh, very violently attacked. Um, essay, rape, all that kind of stuff. Yikes. And it takes place after that event has happened, and she has, um, paralysis Mm. uh but psychosomatic paralysis so the whole play takes place in her bedroom um with her in the bed and it is a really really lovely if you're if you're a play person if you don't mind reading plays as well as just seeing them um i don't know there's a lot there and there's a lot there with uh in regards to like communication differences and giving people what they what they need versus what they want and healing not being linear and trying to be there for people even when they don't even know what they need. It's really, really good. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to promote not being a creep so Stephen doesn't look like a creep. <laughs> thanks. Uh, Big thanks on everybody. Uh, for my co-host, Jared, this is Stephen. You don't know her! I don't know her. <laughs> for my host, Stephen, this is Stephen. Goodbye. Goodbye. I don't know you. That's my purse! I don't know you! <laughs>